0: This is the Linda Steele Show on News Talk 980 CKNW, now in HD. Details at cknw.com. Assistant News Director Charmaine De Silva is in the studio today. How are you doing? I'm well. It's You've been, been busy. running around just like <laughs> me, right? There was a couple of times I'd hear the news sting music and I'd think, oh, there's no one in there. And I'd yeah. see you racing in.
1: Well, it's been a busy day with stuff just really coming in right to the last second. And it's just one of those news days.
0: It was because we were expecting to hear earlier, much earlier today, what was happening with the prime minister and the first minister's meeting on climate change. And then it was a bit delayed and then a big frenzy of, you know, information coming out. What's the bottom line?
1: The bottom line is, it appears like we have a, a framework. We and, and this is a big deal, in a sense, Linda, that earlier we had heard that the meeting wasn't going well, mm-hmm. that there was a lot of disagreement, um, and you thought, okay, they're going to come out of this with really nothing. So the fact that they've come to an agreement on a framework for a possible deal perhaps later this year, I know it doesn't sound like a big deal, from but from where they started, that's a lot of progress to, to get through with a bunch of politicians in a room. So Indeed, this they were is able what to do the it. Prime Minister had to say about that.
0: First Ministers have directed that reports be developed by the fall of this year to identify options for additional action in four areas. Clean technology, innovation and jobs, carbon pricing mechanisms, specific mitigation opportunities, and adaptation and climate resilience. Now Shane Woodford was saying there was a, period, a point in time this afternoon where things almost went off the rails too.
1: Yeah and and but you know they were able to bring it back I think one of the contentious most contentious issues and we've been talking about this for a while is the whole issue of carbon pricing but mm. it looks like the the main reason there's some sort of agreement is that there's a clause in here for some flexibility right it looks like there's going to be room to have a made in each province solution for for this type of deal, and Ottawa isn't just going to mandate a, a price on carbon, and and that's the way it goes. So uh, it looks like there was some movement on the prime minister's end, and from some of the the premiers. But we'll, we'll see what happens this fall after these working groups that are now you know established to look at all these these four areas, what they come back with, and and what happens in the fall.
0: Yeah, but can you imagine this having you know this result, even the deal to work toward a mm-hmm. deal under a Stephen Harper? government you know
1: i have to say and and, you know i go into these things with an open mind um I don't remember the last time we had this type of situation. You know, when I heard in the the morning uh, that things weren't going well, I was thinking, okay, well, you here know, we here we go. This is the same thing. It doesn't matter who the, the Prime Minister is, uh, but it looks like Justin Trudeau, to his credit, uh, you know, backed down a little bit on, you know, a lot of people thought he was going to just really say, look, this is what's going to happen. I want a national price on carbon. Here you go. It, it looks like he's back down on that. Well, gee, maybe there Something to this
0: actual consultation thing, right? Because Harper didn't meet with the premiers, maybe felt that that was going to go nowhere. But Trudeau, in his sunny ways, seems to so far be able to have got everyone to sit down as a group and say, well, we at least agree to something we can come out and announce. And like you said, we have to wait now and see in six months when they come back with these working groups whether we hit some hurdles that are insurmountable.
1: But so far, so good. So far, so good. But, you know, there's also people who are going to look at this and say, if you have so many concessions to get everybody on board, is it going to have the type of teeth that you need it to have to actually make positive change or 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 create some movement on this file on this climate change file um so we'll have to wait and see this is really a wait and see sort of situation i know as a as a reporter i'm impatient i want things to happen right now (laughs) but we're gonna have to wait till the till the fall to see what happens at the end of all of this yeah
0: and arguably there wasn't a whole lot of movement going on last year before the change in government anyway so uh this is hopeful So we'll wait and see about that. But when we come back, we're going to talk about a couple of other things. We're going to talk about TransLink. We're going to talk about a big murder case uh, and some new details there with Charmaine De Silva after this. Linda Steele Show continues on News Talk 980 CKNW, now in HD. Discover the difference at CKNW.com. Well, it's been a bit of a wait, but Vancouver does have a new city manager announced today. Uh, Assistant News Director Charmaine De is in the studio. Who is it? What's the contract?
1: So, Sadu Johnston, he's been sort of filling this role on a temporary basis as they were looking uh, for the new city manager. He was the deputy city manager before. Um, that news came out this morning mm-hmm. that he's got the top job over at the city. And we were waiting to get hands on the contract, and that actually just came down a, a little while ago, Linda, and we've learned that he's going to be paid a salary of $316,000. It's going to be prorated, obviously, for this year, because mm-hmm. it's already started. But it looks like that may be a little bit less than the person who had the job before him. Uh, former city manager Penny Ballum, according to disclosure documents, was paid around $334,000 in twenty. 20- 14, But that also includes things like a travel allowance, mm-hmm. which Sidhu Johnston will get. But here's the kicker. If you remember last year when Penny Ballin was terminated, she received a 20-month severance package, which worked out to, um, you know, around $556,000. So over half a million dollars. In Johnston's contract, it says that his severance, if he's ever terminated, will max out at 18 months. So it's a little bit less than what Penny Ballum was was received as a a severance payment. Uh, It's still a lot of money. It's still a lot of money. But, you know, just like TransLink, uh, where there was some pressure, uh, downward pressure on some of these uh, executive compensation levels, it looks like there may have been some downward pressure at the city of Vancouver as well. Yeah, well, that's a sign of the times,
0: isn't it? Yeah. Uh, now, uh, TransLink was back in the news this week uh, for a couple of different reasons, you know, and the way it was treating disabled people. Now there's discussion about broken elevators. What's happening on that front?
1: Well, you know, uh, our Janet Brown has really been, been on this TransLink file from day one. And, and you know, she did a, a lot of great work this week talking about uh, the situation for people with accessibility issues. And actually, it turns out she received some freedom of information documents that showed exactly how much money TransLink has spent uh, fixing escalators and elevators along the Expo and Millennium lines. Turns out last year they paid uh, six point four million dollars in maintenance, and the year before five point six million. Six
0: point six million dollars to fix the elevators and escalators.
1: Yeah, and 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 the thing is, you know, maybe that's how much it costs because yeah, yes. you know how s- sometimes you take your car in for repair and you find out it's fifteen hundred dollars, but you know what? That's just what it costs. But I think what's frustrating to people, Linda, is that even though they pay more, almost six and a half million last year, a lot of those elevators and escalators are still not working, right? So, right? so how much money does TransLink need to spend to actually get the stuff to work the way it should? And not surprisingly, the Canadian Taxpayers Federation wanted to weigh in on this. One of the great frustrations we often hear from TransLink users is that the escalators and elevators are always out of service, sometimes for months, even years at a time in the case of Metrotown Station.
0: That's Jordan Bateman. And boy, that's a problem if you're disabled.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, so many of us have so many things to take for granted, that we take for granted. Having that kind of accessibility issue and then getting to an elevator, finding out it's not working. Um, if you're older and you can't walk upstairs, the escalator's not working. That's a big deal. That's a big it's deal. a big
0: deal. And people were saying to me, in some instances, elevators were out for a matter of six months. Yeah. Come on. Why would it take six
1: months? Yeah, it it, It doesn't make sense. It's baffling. You know, I I know sometimes we look at these numbers and and we'll be accused of saying, you know, well, that's just how much it costs. Well, that's fine. But how about we spend the money to actually get things to work properly? Because Mm -hmm. that's just doesn't appear from what we're hearing from people who use the system that just doesn't appear to be the case. Yeah, indeed.
0: So that's kind of the bad news story. The good news story, in a way, is uh, sort of a big development in the Maple Battaglia case in the courts. uh, At least some closure, maybe, for her family.
1: Yeah, I mean, in in a big way, because we've been talking about this for now five years since this, uh, you know, young woman was murdered. um, When there was going to be justice, the trial start date has just been pushed and pushed. There's been delay after delay, and today was supposed to be the start of the trial, and her ex boyfriend friend actually ended up pleading guilty to second-degree murder. It carries an automatic life sentence, and uh, they agreed to no uh, parole for 21 years. Okay, and this is what Prosecutor Wendy Stevens had to
0: say to the media today. Mr. Dhaliwal has admitted to the intentional shooting of Maple Battaglia, so he has admitted that he intended at that moment to shoot Ms. Battaglia. There's no doubt that he intended to shoot her.
1: Can you imagine how tough this has been for her family? Well, absolutely. And just to hear uh, some of the, the details that came out in court today, Linda, uh, this was certainly a, a situation of jealousy. Uh, Maple Battaglia had broken up with Gary Dollywall. She didn't want anything to do with him. He had texted her about a thousand times. Seriously? Yeah. And, uh, you know, essentially that day, the day he was, uh, she was killed, uh, he had seen her hug a male friend. Oh, uh, and, and that's, you know, one of the things that set him off. And so, you know, just a really tragic story about a young woman with so much potential, uh, cut short by this guy who was jealous, uh, but now he gets to, you know, pretty much rotten jail. Well, exactly. So his life is ruined as well. And she was such a pretty girl. Boy, yeah, uh,
0: what a tragedy. All right. Thank you so much, Charmaine De Silva. Thank you, Linda. And uh, stay tuned because we got the news coming up here on News Talk 980 CKNW.